You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell continues his series on inputs and outputs. In the second part, Linnell asks his radio audience, are you living your life at full capacity? Are you being all you can be? Let's join the conversation. So last week, the questions that we addressed were, do our inputs predict our outputs? thus predicting the probability of our success. So that was the question that we talked about. And I believe I argued a pretty good case to support the merit of that question. But here's the deal. If the brain acts like a computer, is it only as good as the information we upload? That's the question. You know, so if the brain acts like a computer, is it only as good as the information we upload? And a computer that's turned off cannot display any tangible value, right? You know, if a computer's turned off and it can't turn on, then what value is it to you? I have a a hard drive, a computer sitting at home right now that uh, crashed uh, sometime back, and, you know, these hard drives are valuable, so you don't want to really throw it away, so what do you do, right? And so it's just sitting there. It's fairly invaluable outside of the hard drive. So check this out. So keeping this whole frame of mind around the brain and it acting like a computer and our inputs predicting our outputs, et cetera. Check this out. So last week I fell asleep on the couch and I think I mentioned this and I woke up to an infomercial. You know, I was thinking about that and I took that idea and I'm going to share what I'm going to call an infomercial this evening. And this infomercial is for the brain. So, you know, but I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, if we happen to be, you know, watching late night TV and there was an infomercial for the brain. What would that sound like? So I'm going I'm to do my best rendition of what that infomercial <laughs> would be this evening. But before I do that, so, you know, the topic and questions are, are you living your life at full capacity? And the second question to that one is, are you being all you can be? So are you living your life at full capacity and are you being all you can be? And keep in mind, this is Inputs, Outputs, Part 2. If you want to get ahead on tonight's topic, you can go to the blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. And the topic or the titles of, you know, uh, what I'll be sharing is one of the blogs is For Sale, A Secret and Powerful Tool. And then I'll also be covering one of the blog posts I've written some time back called Be All You Can Be. All right, so and you can find that again at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Okay, so the questions for this evening are, are you living your life at full capacity? And are you being all you can be? Okay, so as promised, you know, here's my infomercial. I'm going to start off with the infomercial uh, for the brain. All right, so check this out. What if I could sell a top secret tool to you. Would you be interested? This tool can process all your ideas to completion, 
take the old ideas that don't work and create even better scenarios and ideas on which you could build. And this tool can take your top talents and transform them into tangible outputs that not only support you and those you love, but everyone else around you. What if I told you this secret tool could manipulate your mood and heavily influence the moods and thoughts of everyone with whom you make contact in a positive way? What if I told you this secret tool is also capable of assisting you in fulfilling your goals, aspirations, and dreams? What if I told you this tool could also assist you in defining your purpose and crafting a better top-notch you? Are you interested? Well, here's the deal. If I sold you this tool, all you need to know is that it comes with three simple rules and stipulations. Rule number one, you must upload your current ideas, talents, moods, goals, aspirations, and dreams. You have to upload them, okay? And then number two, you must spend one hour a day learning to properly use the tool. So just one hour a day properly learning how to use the tool. All right? You could break that down into 30 minutes in the morning. You can break it down into 30 minutes in the evening. All right? Number three, you must take the time to slow down and review how you've used the tool. All right? So what I'm saying is you must reflect. Your reflections give the tool direction. So would you purchase this tool? Now, and I know many of you have seen infomercials and, you know, work out this, work out that. There's always something that you have to do. So if someone was selling you, if this was an infomercial for the brain, is that something that you would be interested in? If this offer started to get too good to believe, well, the fact of the matter is, it is that good. And if you're starting to doubt that the tool with these capabilities exists, I can understand why. Because this is an unbelievable offer. If you're starting to doubt the overall performance and capabilities of this tool, check this out. I even have quotes and sponsorship. All right. This tool has been continually endorsed by credible sources such as Dr. Ben Carson, the world-renowned neurosurgeon. All right. And what Dr. Carson says is that the human mind can do whatever it can conceive. The brain is the most fabulous organism in the universe. All right. Still in doubt? Keep listening. The estimated processing power of an average brain is said to be about 100 million MIPS. All right. So what is a MIP? MIPS means 1 million computer instructions per second. So this means that the brain is like 168,000 megahertz Pentium computer. All right. And so to just make a comparison, that far exceeds the storage capacity and computation of any of the world's best computers. All right. So, you know, in layman's terms, let's just say the brain is practically limitless. So the brain is the secret tool that I was talking about. So if you went back and you filled in all the little places where I said the secret tool, that is the infomercial. That is what I'm selling this evening. All right. So the catch is there's no need to purchase it for me because you already own one and you already use it. So my question for reflection based on that is what are you doing to make the most 
of this fabulous and miraculous tool. What are you doing to make the most of this fabulous and miraculous tool? Because earlier I shared the three stipulations, right? And so I'll break that down. If these three stipulations were broken down, you know, you could say that basically I'm saying that you have to upload, you have to save, and then you have to back up, right? So those are all computer terminologies, all right? So you have to upload information to the brain, and then you have to save the information, right? So, I mean, because we all know that I can name a movie that came out 10 years ago right now, and we can remember, you know, overall what the movie was about, but there are a number of details that you would not be able to recall. Why? Because you didn't take the time to save it. All right, so, and then the third one is back up, all right? So, you know, you have to back up your talents, you have to back up your moods, you have to back up your goals, aspirations, and dreams. And what I mean by back up is basically reflect. And so, I'm going to get even more specific, all right? Let me explain. So, what does upload mean? Upload means inputting valuable information from books, programs, experiences for use in the future, All right. So these are things that you're uploading specifically to use in the future. What am I saying when I say saved? You know, you save something. Well, what that means is full comprehension of the uploaded information. All right. I had a show last year. And one of the things that I talked about on the show is that we read. But do we really comprehend? You know, so just because you read something doesn't mean that you really comprehended it. And uh, I wrote a blog post some time back that basically shares some statistics on our ability to read and comprehend. And basically, if reading and comprehending were synonymous, that would mean that 75% of us are illiterate because we read, but we don't necessarily comprehend. All right. So when I say save, that's what I mean. Full comprehension of the uploaded information. And then I'll, I'll say this. I mean, even for me, I know that there have been times when I've read a book just to read it, to say that I have read the book. And, you know, maybe later in life, actually just happened today, cleaning out my office at home, you know, looking through materials, you know, opened up Walden by Henry David Thoreau, read a few passages, struck me completely different than when I read it, I will say about almost 15 years ago. Okay. Struck me completely different. Not quite sure that when I read that piece, I actually comprehended it. Um, I read it, you know, the words across the paper, but I did not comprehend it. So, you know, I did not have full comprehension of the information to the extent where I could turn around and share it and articulate it and basically explain it. All right. And so you got upload, saved. And then the last one is back up. So what do I mean by backed up? How do you back up information into your brain? One of my biggest pet peeves is when valuable information is being shared, or even as a speaker, I'm sharing information with a group and nobody's taking notes. For some reason, I don't know what it is about us that makes us think that we can listen to valuable information and just retain it. The brain doesn't work that way. If it did, then most of us would have IQs well above 200 because once you know, you'd be able to repeat everything I'm saying on the show an hour later, word for word. And most of us cannot do that. 
And so that's why it's so important that you take notes, right? And so backing up means written notes that can remind the brain of useful information when forgotten. All right, so those are the three stipulations. And I covered them slightly different earlier. Number one was you must upload your current ideas, talents, moves, goals, aspirations, and dreams. Number two, you must spend one hour a day learning to properly use the tool, which means 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening. What do I mean by that? That means properly using the tool is simply meditating, visualizing, just being inside your own mind. That is an exercise, and exercising that will allow you to go back to those places, to those thoughts, to those things, which much more facility than what you could otherwise. Um, and I hope you guys are with me on this. And then number three, I said you must take time to slow down and reflect. And that's part, you know, I wrote another piece called You're Busy, But Are You Making Progress? And again, I think all too often we get caught up in, you know, the rigmarole of moving, 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 moving without taking the time to stop and really assess our direction. All right, am I headed in the right direction? What did I do today? Did I take the right steps today to go to what my intended goal is? If I didn't, what is my plan to redirect, to get back on the right path? That type of a thing. But typically we wake up, we fly out of bed, and then uh, we go through our day, we get home, we do what we have to do, and then basically we fly right back into bed with no time to really reflect on what we did and how we should be shifting our behavior accordingly to what we see or what we saw that happened in our day, okay? So that's my quick infomercial. I'd love to know what you guys think about that and if you, if you actually you know, got it, if I broke it down to the extent where it makes sense. It makes sense to me, but you know, I wrote it. All right, now... Are you spending enough time learning about the beauty and power of your body and mind? Like, you know, if you had to, you know, if you had to take a poll, like how much time are you spending understanding your body and understanding your mind? You only get one body. You only get one mind. But I find it fascinating how quickly we move about without really giving any thought to probably the two most important parts of our being, which is body and mind. And then, of course, spirit is in there, but uh, you guys get where I'm going. And so all I'm asking is for an hour. Is an hour a day really too much to spend on empowering your body and mind? And are you reflecting on your daily experiences to provide yourself a calibrated direction every day? All right, so let me explain what I mean. Often, I spend time reflecting in the car. You know, if I'm leaving the job, I'm thinking about, all right, how did I start my day? What happened? How did this meeting go? What did I say? Is there a way I could have said that differently? In the future, how would I say it? Would I respond exactly the same way that I responded? What did I eat for lunch? Did I cheat? And so should I be thinking about eating dinner, uh, eating a dinner that's much better? I mean, I'm going through almost every step. Why? Because I'm taking the time to understand the moves that I'm making and how they're impacting not just my body and mind, but also my future. All right. So then that way I can course correct. So that's what I mean when I say, are you reflect are you reflecting on your daily experiences to provide yourself a calibrated direction every day? All right. And so if you are doing this, I say, keep on it. 
And if not, I'm saying get started. Start taking the time to do this. You know, sometimes it's okay to just shut down the radio and be in silence. And I know I'm saying that and I'm a radio host. But if it's in the uh, regard of taking care of self, well, that's what comes first. All right. And so just find a space when you can do that, when you're all alone and you can get that reflection in. There's a quote by Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson is the 28th president of the United States. And what he said is, we should not only use the brains we have, but all we can borrow. And I can go through quote after quote after quote of individuals that talk about higher thinking and how important it is to our ability to navigate life and be successful. But what I would say is just commit to fully using the most amazing gift and tool any human has ever received, and that is a clear mind. Don't neglect it. There's another quote by Arnold Glasgow, and uh, what he said is, an idea not coupled with action will never get any bigger than the brain cell it occupied. All right, so why did I share that? So a few weeks back, actually, no, this past week, the blog I wrote, one of the things I shared in the blog was that in each of us is a seed of greatness. So in each and every human being, there is a seed of greatness in their spirit, in my spirit, in your spirit. And we're constantly being provided the tools or the ideas, the thoughts that we need to take our lives to the next level, to the next level of greatness. And what I believe happens is often those ideas are planted on ground that's not fertile and those seeds end up dying simply because we never take any action on the ideas. We can be driving, we can be in a shower. Oh, there's a good idea. Man, that's a really good one. And instead of doing anything with it, we might toss it around in the mind for a little bit, but we never plant it. So how do you plant? How do you plant an idea? Well, the first thing you want to do is write it down. Plain and simple. Write it down. That's like tilling the ground and putting it in the dirt uh, and covering it. And then, of course, watering it is coming back to that note, constantly thinking about it and figuring out how you can grow that idea, grow that seed. So anyway, wanted to start the show and just really beseech you guys to, you know, choose to fully use the tool that is our brain to take action and stay inspired. All right. Being all you can be, you know, so this is what I'll say about that. Just about anybody over the age of 20 can remember the old school United States Army slogan, right? Be all you can be. And some of you just heard those words and the catchy jingle is already in your head right now from the commercials when you used to see them when it come on TV and it'd be like, be all that you can be in the army. <laughs> and I was a kid, man, but I remember that. We used to jump up and down and, and, and dance to the song. But anyway, it stayed on. I mean, they kept that slogan for 21 years. I mean, it was that good that they kept it for 21 years. And since then, you know, they've had different slogans, but they keep changing them. I say they probably should have kept it. <laughs> I mean, you find something good. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they've been trying to fix it ever since. But anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about if your life had a slogan, what would it be? If your life had a slogan, what would that slogan be? What would you say? 
What would your friends say? What would your coworkers say? But if it had a slogan, what would it be? And then what would be the responses from people around you? That would be interesting. You know, if your work, the work that you do, that you put your hand to, had a slogan, what would it be? You know, what would that be? You know, what would people say? Would it be uh, the Army slogan, be all you can be? Or would it be something else? Would it be if you hire him, you get 50% of what he said he was going to (laughs) do? Or would it be if you hire him, you get 110% of what he said he would do? Because he always puts in extra effort. Uh, It's interesting because often we tend to act like victims of everything that's happening to us, but we actually create it because of our slogans, because of who we are and how and how people uh, perceive us based on our actions. You know, like I said, if your life had a slogan, what would that be? If your work had a slogan, what would that be? Are they different? Can they interchange synonymously? You know, is your life and your work the same? You know, are you one person at work, one person everywhere else? That's a question to ask. Should they be different? I haven't been around long enough to answer these questions definitively. But in truth, I believe there are as many answers to these questions as there are as there are people under the sun. But let's just presume everyone's life slogan was that old army slogan. Let's say that, you know, your life slogan was be all that you can be. How different would your life be right now? Like, could you literally say, okay, that's my slogan and I would not be any further along than if I had a different slogan. Like, I'm living right now to the slogan of be all I can be and I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm killing it. I'm on top of my game. Could you say that? That's the question. You know, And how different would your life be if you could say that, if you could really own up to the slogan, be all you can be. So how would your life be different? Got another question. How would everybody around you be different? I mean, because I would imagine that if you're living a life where you can be all you can be, that you are inspiring other people to do the same. Right. And so there's a tremendous ripple effect there. So how would people in your life be? Maybe some of the individuals that, you know, you kind of don't necessarily like or understand their attitudes. You know, sometimes we don't take personal responsibility because we're like, well, they are not me and I'm not them. So I'm not going to worry. When in essence, we are all intrinsically connected. And so if you were being all you could be, not just in your work, but in your relationships, but in your interactions, then where would they be? It's just a question. Something to think about. All right. How different would the world be if you were living your life with the slogan, be all you can be? And you might say, well, you're talking about just me and how you're going to connect that to the world. And what I'm saying is we all have a ripple effect. We're all intrinsically connected. I've talked about this before, but what you do matters because it will impact somebody else. If you don't stop at a stop sign, that will impact somebody else. You may not hit them, but that means you're going to arrive at the red light just a little sooner than what you would have, which means somebody's going to see you. Anyway, you get where I'm going. It impacts other people, okay? It changes lives. So if, you're, if you were being all you could be, could that be shifting Chicago? Could that be shifting your city, your neighborhood, your school, your home, your church, your community in some kind of way? Imagine living to your fullest potential without 
the handicap of fear. Because that's how I see the slogan, right? Be all you can be. You know, that means that you're living without the handicap of fear. You display courage despite your insecurities. And let's be clear, all right? You know, fear is not necessarily real. It's crazy. I took the time to watch, what's the name of the movie with Will Smith that just came out not so long ago? What's, that na- what's the name of that movie, Zach? Remember that? He just came out with it, him and his son. Oh. Um, After Earth. Yeah. After, yeah, After, After Earth. Earth. All right, so, so you know, it's got poor reviews. It's awful. I mean, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like 19%, like three stars. But anyway, I'm a Will Smith fan, partly because of the inspirational you know, qualities that he has as an individual, right? And so I said, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to support the brother and his son. <laughs> and uh, I went out and rented it. And so I'm, I'm sitting there watching the movie, and he's explaining to his son. His son gets really worked up in one scene in the movie, almost gets himself killed. And he's explaining to his son that fear is not real, that all fear is is a mental story of your current situation. It's a mental projection of the future based on your now. Mm. And I remember I was, I was sitting there and I rewinded like, you know, four or five times. And I thought that line by itself, the movie can get four and a half stars for me. OK, now it's kind of predictable. Yeah. But that line in itself, it gets four and a half stars because it's so powerful. Fear is not real. It is just a representation of what's happening now projected into your future. That's it. So anyway, back to what I'm saying about be all you can be, right? So let's take that and imagine living your life from the fullest potential without the handicap of fear, which means that when you have a great idea in the shower, instead of thinking about all the ways it wouldn't work and all the risks associated with the idea, you live in the now and you completely disrupt the story of what may happen that produces the fear, and you act on the idea. You know, you display courage despite your insecurities because, you know, I mean, we all have them, but you pursue your dreams with a relentless fervor despite, you know, what the story that is going on in your head. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, the risks are still there, but fear doesn't handicap you. And your insecurities still exist, but they don't damper your spirit and devour your motivation. Instead, you face them because you are worthy simply because you breathe. And that's something that I have this posted on my refrigerator to remind me that there is no reason to be insecure about anything because I am worthy simply because I breathe. The fact that I'm a living being, a human being, makes me worthy of greatness, period. And so for you, you are worthy of greatness because you breathe. It's that simple. Yet, we let insecurities get in the way. You know, sometimes the biggest barrier is not the execution of the idea. It's the story in our mind that we have to overcome We have to breach that wall and get past the barrier of our own insecurities before we can even move. How crazy is that? And so how can you be successful if you constantly 
have to basically go against the tape that's playing in your head. One of the things that Henry David Thoreau says, so this is what happens when I read a book before the show, but, you know, in Walden, one of the things he said is, it is not the external factors, and I'm, I'm not quoting this, I'm just giving you the, you know, what he said overall, but it's not the external factors that hurt a man the most. And what he was saying is, it's not the people who talk junk about you that hurt you the most. It's the stuff that you're saying in your head that hurts you the most. That's what hurts you the most. And so are you believing what they're saying and then running that tape on the inside? You know, that's the question. Because if you are, you cannot be all that you can be. And so the idea is to face your insecurities because you are worthy simply because you breathe. Your dreams still have walls and barriers around them. But if you're being all that you can be, you will scrape out the mortar between the stones with your fingernails to get to your goals. I mean, it's that simple. You'll do whatever it takes if you're being all you can be. But that's being all you can be for your dreams. You know, it's interesting. Earlier today, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take a call and I'm going to tell you a story because this story, I think, really relates to being all you can be, and I believe a lot of people will be able to relate to this. All right, I got Percy from South Island. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. It's an interesting topic, especially this part where you're talking about fear. Mm -hmm. So where I say fear lives, so you got your brain, this magnificent brain you've been talking about, right? Right. But your brain is only one part of your mind. The other big part of your mind is your ego. Okay. So I got this from this little Indian lady on YouTube. Now, mm-hmm. and it made so much sense to me. It's the, so fear lives inside your ego. Your ego is being fed by all the, how you interpret all the information that you get all throughout your life. Right. And your ego if you don't do something to control it, we'll just run amok. This is true. Your ego have you believe in things that are real that are just not real. That you'll have fears about things that are not real. That you'll have opinions and your whole life could be run by this whole script that's just unreal. It's just because it's what the ego made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me clarify something you said, because I'm sure some of the listeners are thinking, what do you mean the brain is separate from, you know, the the ego? But basically what Percy is sharing is, you know, so there's three psychic apparatus. And this is from Sigmund Freud. But one of the things he said is that we have the id, the ego and the superego. And so I think that's where you kind of what you're covering overall. But I just want to throw that out there. So, like, when you you talk about meditating, Mm -hmm. so one of the things this woman pointed to was that one of the biggest advantages that a person has that meditates is they have the opportunity to control and train the ego, that they give their brain a chance to actually do what it can do by quieting down this internal dialogue that you got this and that internal dialogue is your ego yep and so what you're saying is closely related to what i've been saying for the last few weeks and part of how you quiet 
in what you what you're sharing right now, you're calling it the ego, is to be intentional about what you fuel your mind with. That's what I hear yes. you saying. Yes, yes, yes. Like for instance, I have uh like I have diabetes. Okay. My ego will tell me when I'm walking through the grocery store that you can have one piece of cake. Of course you got diabetes. Don't buy the whole cake, but buy a piece of cake. Right. But that's not my brain. That's not any logical function going on. That's just my ego. Well, yeah. And so because the ego, or the other thing about the ego, it has a life of its own, and it protects itself. So can I can I just clarify one thing? Because I, you're you're definitely. So when I talked about the id, the ego, and the superego, I believe what you're talking about in relationship to you know. So you have diabetes and buying cake. That's the id. The id is kind of a. It's the area within your psychic psycho makeup that provides the uncoordinated instinctual things that we want, like, you know, just just the kind of stuff that pops up. I'm hungry and I want a burger, even though, you know, you're not supposed to have one. That's the id. And then the ego is this, you know, the ego is more of this. It's kind of your organized, realistic part of the brain or of your psyche. And then, of course, you have the superego that uh, it's the the superego can basically is the one that stops you from doing certain things. Like, you know, it, it's, it's just more of where the control is between the id and the ego itself. And hopefully I didn't, you know, but I, I just, I want to make sure when you're saying the ego that people don't get mixed up and are out there saying, you know, ego does this, ego does that. They talk to the wrong person and they're going to be like, no, nah, that's not true. But keep going because I'm you with know, you. Yeah, no, and it's just an interpretation. That's all I mean. Right, yeah, no, like, I, get well, I get that. I get that. I get that. But since you brought it up, I, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to teach, man. That's what I'm all over that. So. Okay. Yeah, but so if when I start looking at my ego as not being me, because a lot of things I thought they were me, and I was doing things repetitively thinking that that was me, but it wasn't me. That was just things that I had learned that's inside of my ego, that my perception of myself. Mm. So there are things that I thought I needed that I really don't need, you know. There, you know, there are physical things that I thought I needed. I don't, my ego wants them. Yep. No, absolutely correct. You yeah. know what, Percy? There's a, you know, if, if this is something you're interested in, <laughs> there's a... There's a book I think you'll find really interesting. It's not a light read, but it's right down the path of what you're talking about. And it's called The Origin of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. And it's written by okay. Julian James. And what he covers is the mind, the different voices we hear in our minds, how the mind works, how it breaks down, you know, and basically the conflict sometimes that's in the mind. But you might want to check that out, man. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. All right. Thanks for the call, brother. All right now. Okay. All right. Good call. It got us. Uh, it got us. Um, you know, on a different subject, but we're talking about the mind. We're talking about inputs. We're talking about outputs. And uh, he made a really good point in regards to the ego and fear. And you know, what I would say is for all of you all, I said spend thirty minutes. You know, in the morning, thirty minutes in the evening, understanding your mind, understanding your body. And within that 30 minutes, you know, check out the id, the ego and the superego and what that 
and what the breakdown of that is and how it plays out in your mind. And it'll help you understand why you make certain decisions or why you do certain things and what's in charge in certain cases. Just another way of looking at or another way of educating ourselves on why, on why we make certain decisions. All right. Well, let's keep moving. I said I had a story for you, so I want to share the story real quick. And it's in regards to be all you can be, right? And so in the spirit of be all you can be, I was walking through the mall. And so my, my grandmother needs uh, uh, another phone. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting her another phone, walking through the mall. And this young man, he approaches me and he was basically employed to sell cell phones. And I got to tell you, his sales pitch was awful. It was downright horrible. And the reason I say that is because it lacked any kind of luster you would need for me to buy something, okay? And the funny thing is I was out to buy a phone, and it was that bad. I, it was that bad. I was like, I probably should just keep moving because he could not make me believe that he believed in himself. I mean, it was just like that. And so he was ineffective. Well, he was ineffective at selling because – he was miserable. I mean, you could see it on his face. He did not want to sell. And part of the reason he didn't want to sell is because you could tell he dreaded rejection. He did not want to be rejected. Now, the funny thing about this is because he dreaded rejection, he probably was getting rejected most of the day. That thing that was playing out in his head or the reason why he was afraid to approach people for the sale was the main reason why he was being rejected. And so, you know, as I walked away from him after his horrible sales pitch, I kind of felt a pit in my stomach for him. And I even felt it for me because I, I began thinking, what is it that I'm doing that I'm not going all the way? Where is it that I'm not being all I can be? Here's a sales guy who's not being all he can be because he's afraid of rejection. And rejection is what continuously shows up. All right. That's a whole nother topic. I could talk about that for an hour. But where am I not being all I can be? And the one thing that I don't want to show up is what's showing up because I'm letting fear in. And perfect segue. T uh, left a, a quote with Zach. But what he said is false evidence always appears real because of fear. And I love that. And that's that's the acronym for fear. False evidence always appears real. Anyway, that was the situation with this young man. Right. And so where can you reflect? That's what we talked about earlier and really begin thinking about where you're not being all you can be. And what is the consequence of that? Because often the one thing that we don't want to show up is what is showing up. All right, I got Ken from Hammond. Ken, you're on the air. You got about 60 seconds. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to follow up on the guy uh, who said that he you know, got this, uh, his notion of the ego from talking with an Indian woman. Uh, that's a dead giveaway that what, what she was talking about, in all likelihood, uh, was Buddhism. Most likely the Zen school. It really emphasizes you know, meditation so as to kind of calm that ego voice and connect with the present. So I just wanted to, you know, in addition to checking out the uh, Freudian sources that you mentioned, folks might want to uh, take a look at uh, a fellow named Thich Nhat Hanh, T-H-I-C-H, Thich Nhat Hanh. But uh, I, I just wanted to throw that in. Thanks. Hey, right, thanks a lot, Ken. I appreciate that, man. Bye. Ken, dropping some knowledge. Appreciate that. Yeah, so check that out. And... um I had wondered. I had wondered. You know, I uh, 
spent a lot of time in India. So it made me it made me wonder what angle he was coming from with that. All right. I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. I talked a lot about Henry David Thoreau, so why not leave you with a quote from Henry David Thoreau? And here it is. I learned this at least by my experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with success unexpected in common hours. And so that's... Henry David Thoreau from the book Walden, which is, you know, not the easiest read, but a great read all the same. All right. So the idea here, get creative. The idea here is to use the inputs of your eyes. We talked about this before to begin programming your brain to produce whatever it is you want to achieve. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.